0: Hello and welcome to the Laguna Talk, back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal News Show, joining you every morning at 8am UK time, hope you're doing good, hope you're doing well, you had a fantastic start to your week. Hope that the uh, the end of the Premier League first portion of the season has not brought your mood down too much. Although I have to admit, it is uh, it's still coming to terms with six weeks without Arsenal. Uh, well, I say six weeks without Arsenal. We're going to have plenty of Arsenal still with friendly matches going on and transfer news to discuss. But uh, when you're top of the table, and it's going to be great being top of the table for the next six plus weeks. But you know, you kind of just want to push forwards. So yeah, it's uh, it's still certainly on coming to terms with the. Uh, the lack of of arsenal's premier league action however with the world cup starting on sunday and apologies for those of you that mistakenly i rather made the mistake of saying it was friday for some reason i had it in my head it was friday but uh sunday is when it begins uh, at least we'll have some daily action to get our teeth sunk into and talking about as well so uh yeah looking certainly forward to uh seeing what arsenal's players and potential transfer targets do whilst there uh, good morning everybody in the chat box joining us live on the show you can watch these shows of course first on youtube uh, matt g good morning to you on um, uh, to paul and blackshine and carl good morning to pj and Stephen and dave and stevie more to Olu and the Ethiopian, uh, Mystery Arsenal, we've got Red Star, Vivian, we've got uh, Christopher J. we've got Harrison, we've got Mark and we've got Martin and plenty more of you guys as well. Hope you're having a fantastic start to your week. Uh, let's kick on. Uh, the signed Bakaia Saka football, which was framed, has now sold out, so... Best of luck to everybody that entered the competition on football prizes. Uh, If you want to get involved in any other competitions, there's lots of others that aren't Arsenal-related on the website as well. Go to the link in the description and you can find out plenty more about that. Uh, Arsenal's under-21s beat Monaco yesterday in the Premier League International Cup. A uh, really good win for them. And Catalan uh, kerjan got on the score sheet in the 2-1 victory. Ethan noanieri of course, was on the bench as well and I believe came on in the second half. So uh, a good win there. And there's plenty more Arsenal under-21 games going across the, uh, the period that we are away from Premier League action and we'll make sure to bring you continuous updates on how they're getting on, as well as the women's team as well. Uh the Emirates Stadium has begun its renovations. You can see from the outside that the uh the legends plaque that has adorned the outside corners of the ground has now been taken down. What will be put in his place, uh we don't know as of yet. We don't know what will be in there. Uh but of course as soon as we get any updates upon what exactly is going to be there. We will bring and show you those images as soon as possible. If I get any info on this, I'll also try and let you know. But uh, I look forward to seeing hopefully a renovated and more clean-looking stadium than the one that started the season. It would be quite nice to be playing in a renovated, refurbed stadium stadium somewhat in a season that who knows what Arsenal can achieve. Uh, England's numbers have been revealed in which uh, Aaron Ramsdale has been given the number 23 shirt. Bakaya Saka has the number 17 and Ben White has been given the number 21. I don't know how these numbers will impact the players' potential starting places in the team, but it makes me feel a little bit uneasy when I see Harry Maguire given a single digit uh, in this side as well. Not particularly confident uh, in, in England's chances this World Cup, but uh, uh, seeing the numbers come out has only made that fear even worse. But let's see if that changes between now and the start of uh, maybe the knockout rounds if we get through it. Uh, Thomas Partey has been included in the Black Stars squads uh, for the Ghana's team for World Cup 2022, as expected. Uh, they could yet leave the competition in the group stage because they have got a bit of a tricky group to try and navigate. Uh, I actually did a piece on Football London yesterday discussing the earliest possible return dates uh, for Arsenal's players in which they could indeed return uh, even before the friendly against what is said to be potentially Barcelona. Uh, On the 9th of December we could expect to see Matt Turner, Aaron Ramsdale, Ben White, Bakayo Saka all come back if they are knocked out in the group stage, this goes for all the nations if they are indeed not making it through to the knockout round. On December 10th, you could see William Saliba come back. December 11th, Tomohi- Takahiro Tomiyasu. And December 12th, Thomas Partey, Granit Xhaka, Gabriel Jesus and Martinelli, if indeed their respective nations don't get through the groups, They would then have a period of time off. Players have been given 10 days for that aren't attending the World Cup. And so potentially the players that when they finish their World Cup duties could also be given 10 days. However, with the World Cup final being on the 18th and Arsenal's next Premier League game being on the 26th, Arsenal may indeed want players, if they make it to the final, to return before that. We'd have to wait and see whether or not those participating in the World Cup final, if they make it, would indeed be part of the squad for the 26th. It might be down to the players' discrepancy uh, or discretion if they want to stay on a break and miss that game or if they want to return earlier. Uh, Fabio Vieira has joined up with Portugal's under-21s. As I said, there are a number of under-21s games going on, friendlies and such, so there may be some extra info on fixtures that we can update you with as well. But he wasn't called up to the Portuguese senior side, but is taking is uh, training with the under-21 Portuguese side before... Uh, going and joining the Arsenal first team on a potential uh, friendly over that uh, warm-weather training camp. Now, Zinchenko is set to take part in a Legends game, uh, which is very interesting. Some of the players are using their time off to continue playing football. I'm just keeping my fingers crossed that he doesn't get injured. Now, Zinchenko is not the only Zinchenko, Alexander, I should say, is not the only Zinchenko that's been doing some good deeds for Arsenal because his wife has had an interview with the one and only Mikhailo Mudrik. Uh, A very, very interesting interview, actually, talking specifically about his chances of playing for Arsenal in the future. Uh, We're going to read you through some of the quotes in full. Uh, And how he's spoken about Arsenal was very interesting indeed. So uh, he was asked on which teams are playing nice football this season. And he said, Napoli, they're playing really well at the moment with some great players, Bayern, City and Arsenal. He was asked, do you follow Arsenal closely? To which he said, yeah, I check on them in my score. I know when they're playing and I can check on them. Uh, He also said, uh, I also watch Arsenal too. Arsenal are a very dynamic side in general, not just controlling possession, but also scoring goals. From a purely theoretical fantasy perspective, if there was the option of being a bench player for Real Madrid or a starter for Arsenal, I'd probably choose Arsenal. It's a tough question and it involves a lot of factors in my answer. I would first want to know from the head coach that even if I wasn't a guaranteed starter, that I'd receive a chance. Essentially, I need to hear that directly from the manager what he envis- envisages rather my role to be in his style to influence such a decision. He continues to talk about his next potential club. And he says the team style of play will play uh, a decision in my, in kind of where his head is at. Uh, it's very important to me. Uh, Vlada says, uh, Vlada Sedan, sorry, says, you won't be just going by the emblem on the shirt in terms of kind of the history, the reputation, et cetera. And he says, no. Uh, Mudrik on the past summer's transfer saga, he says, so I spoke with two or three head coaches from interested clubs, either directly or via a translator. And they were Nice, Bayer Leverkusen, and Brentford. When it didn't work out, I was a bit upset, but as we can see now, God's plan is better than my dreams. And talking about the potential of, you know, the Arsenal fans really getting onto him, he says one surprise for me was how many Arsenal fans followed me. No other fan, no other clubs fans have inter- interacted as much as they have, telling me as they are waiting for me, saying, "Come to us." One of my recent posts has over 500 comments saying that. <laughs> you got you can't underestimate the power of Arsenal supporters. You really can't. They are a force unto their own. Uh, Mudrik says it's been pleasant to receive such comments and DMs from Arsenal fans and that it motivate, motivates him as a footballer. Uh, Vlada says, uh, does the prospect of playing on the same wing as Zinchenko Uh, playing with another Ukrainian encouragement. And Mudrik says, uh, yes, it does. Uh, Vlada says, will you be upset if you don't get a move in the winter? And after a long pause, Mudrik said, yes. Uh, Now, if you haven't yet watched the interview, you can go and watch it. Uh, Zoya Londonsk has tweeted out all the quotes uh, on Twitter. you just at Zoya Londonsk uh, on Twitter, uh, you can find it that Andrew Todos is the guy who runs that account and helped us out actually with the Zinchenko tactical breakdown. So you can go and find all the quotes there and the video. And at the end of the video, uh, Vlada says, uh, basically, go on Gunners, <laughs> trying to encourage Arsenal to get the deal done for Mudrik. Really, really interesting interview. Uh, you can read back through all the quotes that I've butchered with my own reading through of them myself. So uh, go back and give them a read. Very interesting interview indeed. Let's see what happens with Mudrik and Arsenal in January. And lastly, uh, Sports in Spain have uh, written an article in which they discuss the idea of Barcelona potentially going and signing Yuri Tielemans. Uh, Now, this is important because in the article, it talks about Arsenal's own interest in the player. In fact, what they discuss is say Barca, in any case, will have competition if it definitively decides to incorporate Tielemans into the squad. Since Arsenal has decided to bid heavily on the player, who is liking of its coach, Mikel Arteta... Uh, it's going to be tricky so barca are going to find serious competition from arsenal if they do indeed try to bid hard for yuri uh, tillemans as barca are looking at him as a potential free deal in the summer and of course whilst arsenal can't sign a pre contract agreement with uh with arsenal he could sign a pre contract agreement with Barcelona because they're obviously a uh, a team abroad. You can only sign pre-contract agreements with teams abroad. So there you go. Um, I will send a link. A few of you are asking for a link to all of the quotes. So I will just put a link for you now in the chat box. There you go. Um, and that completes uh, part one. And I mean, I'm very happy with, with hearing the Mudric interview uh, in particular. You know, it's very, very strong to hear the words of Mikhailo Mudric and talk about Arsenal, he is a very, very good player and I think would add so much quality to the Arsenal front line. And I think that you yourselves could add so much quality to the security and safety of how you travel and experience the internet by using NordVPN, who are a fantastic VPN service to provide you that safety and security whilst you are indeed online. It also enables you to change your geolocation so that if you happen to be abroad and want to use your typical broadcasting apps that only work whilst you're home, you can change your geolocation and it enables you to watch those apps without a problem. And not only can you do all of that, but you can do it, at an affordable price. Thanks to NordVPN's sponsorship of the Guna Talk by going to nordvpn.com slash You can get yourself four months free on a subscription package with a massive discount on top of that. And if you aren't happy with the service, you can get a 30-day money-back guarantee as well. Once again, a massive thank you to NordVPN for sponsoring the channel. Hope you get involved with their latest offer if you haven't done so already. And thanks to everybody that has been sending the kind messages to the channel as well. But that's nordvpn.com slash Make sure you get involved with that. Let's go to part two right after this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, Uh, first of all, we've got to go to Red Star's rating of my uh, advert transition. Uh, Not forced, flowed well, 9 out of 10. Well, let's see if we can get a 10 out of 10 tomorrow come back to make sure to see if i've come up with any better way i don't plan these i do the, i do try and do them off the cuff so <laughs> these are never planned in how i'm going to smoothly transition into the advert so uh you have to bear with there's always going to be a little bit of where my brain's going hmm, how can i suddenly talk about nordvpn off the back of this last story so I hope you're appreciating the smooth transitions. Anyway, let's go to uh, let's go into the chat box and answer some of your questions. Uh, Dave says, a lot of Mudrick's compilations show him bursting past players on the counter. We don't play like that, so would he fit into our style of play? Yes, I think he still would. I also think that we need that speed and pace. And you look at someone like Gabriel Martinelli, who speed and pace and power obviously do certainly help Arsenal in the counter-attacks that we have. But I think that Mudrik's technical ability is crossing, is, is the, the close control he has, the ability to take players on, his creativity, his directness, all of those skills that he possesses, I still think would certainly help Arsenal. There is a compilation, and I've mentioned it on the, on the channel before. I can't find it. It's just one of those where someone retweets it onto your timeline. But someone specifically did a compilation video of him working against low blocks and how he still breaks down opposition teams. You have to remember that as Shakhtar Donetsk are the most competitive side in the Ukrainian League, with, of course, dinamo Kiev, um, they have come up against a lot of teams that do sit back, that do defend deep because they're coming up against a much bigger team in Shakhtar. And yet he still does well in the Ukrainian League. So that should encourage you to think that he can, of course, transition his ability to play. Uh, for Shakhtar to Arsenal because they're not always playing counter-attack in football. But obviously, a lot of the time they play in the Champions League. They're coming up against bigger teams that they are then able to play on the counter-attack. So I think there are benefits and drawbacks. But yes, I do think he can transition to the Arsenal team fairly comfortably. Okay, let's... uh... Oh, by the way, I did manage to get my giant bottle, (laughs) as you can see. Ridiculously big, but uh, two litres. Can't complain about that. Let's go to... It's also one of those that... And this is going to sound horrible for those listening on audio. (laughs) I can't believe I'm going to say this. You have to suck really hard to get the water out. I don't know why It's it's not flowing uh comfortably <laughs> so it's working your jaw muscles at the same time how have i said that on a live podcast philip Cruzden says uh Crudson, sorry says would you prefer in january a striker that can cover on the wing or wingers who can cover at striker i think the latter i think i lean more towards a more comfortable wide player who can play more centrally i think we've got jay and ketia who are more specific strikers and then you've got the wide players but really we've got sakura martinelli and then we've got Smith Rowe behind them, who's not really an out-and-out winger. So I think we actually need the benefit of having a more senior, competitive-level wide player who can also cover in the middle. Um, Tom uh, Tomite says, Tillemans is a waste of money. I'd love to know your reasons as to why, Tom. Let us know in the chat box with some explanations as to why Tillemans is a waste of money. I will look out for your next response. Uh, Carl says, Tom, you don't believe in 10 out of 10s. No, 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 Carl, I don't believe in 10 out of 10s for, for other people. <laughs> Uh, DR says thoughts on the Ronaldo interview hilarious or hilarious I'm going to go with hilarious it is funny uh, and I also loved seeing the video of him kind of shaking hands with Bruno Fernandes in the Portuguese national side that was was also hilarious so yeah there's some very funny things going on at Man United because of Ronaldo and I'm very happy that it's going down Uh, Dom says any left footed centre backs that we should be keeping an eye on during the World Cup great question and honestly, off the top of my head, I'm not sure I can give you an answer. Is Badia uh left-footed? Quick check on uh, his profile. Is he left-footed? He is left-footed. So yes, I'm going to go for Benoit Badia I think he is the, uh, the guy that you should be looking at as a potential left-footer to keep your eye on during the tournament for France. There's rumours that he may be playing in a back three with Varane and Saliba. So maybe it's him. And p- of course, playing with Saliba... That chemistry, who knows? Could he be someone that we look to in the future? Um, James says, with a lot of focus on January's incomings for you, uh, do you think Arsenal will conduct any outgoing business? Good question, because we've not really talked about that. Yes, I think there would be potential for some outgoing business. I think Marquinhos could leave on loan. If a team comes in for Cedric, Arsenal may be tempted to take some money for him if they indeed do get a good rating him. I think you'll see potentially some more youth players go out on loan. Maybe there was offers or there could be offers for Ethan Noanieri, Kion Edwards, Kido Taylor-Ha. Um, there are other youngsters, Catalan Kerja, Matt Smith. You know, I think a lot of youth players could potentially leave in January. Uh, we may recall some loan players like Omar Rekic who has not been doing too great whilst with Rotterdam, hasn't been given the opportunities and then might be loaned out again. So I think loans is going to be big. The only permanent exit I can really see is Cedric, maybe Nelson if the club wants to cash in and can sign a wide player. If not, not too many permanent outgoings, mainly loans, I think is what you'll see regarding the potential outings from the squad. Uh, let's go to uh, Esmond who says, have you seen how fast this guy is? And he can dribble. Uh, and can he dribble not like Saka I don't know what that means not like Saka but he certainly can dribble very fast in terms of how rapid he is good acceleration good close control Um, Mohamed says am I the only one who thinks that we can really benefit from having at least one centre-back DM centre-mid with long passing capabilities I think we already benefit from some long passes I think Saliba and Ben White are really good at passing long from deep the number of I mean. Ben White played a couple of great passes against Wolves from deep uh, into Bakaya Saka. And I think there was one into either Jesus or Odegaard. There was definitely two in the game. But White really did produce a couple of fantastic long balls during the fixture. So we do have some good long passes from deep. Xhaka, I think, can pass well uh, long from deep, but doesn't often choose to. It's a, it's a strategy that we have employed more on our right-hand side. When I've been at the games, Ben White to Saka... Uh, has been a very, very common long ball in behind that we're starting to see more and more often. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. I've also seen Rob Holding do it in the Europa League game. So it's definitely done by design rather than just being off the back of the uh, the international. Uh, <laughs> I'm now just scrolling down to the uh, the, the bottom comments. Anyway, uh, Martin says... Trust me, Tom, you won't be drinking water like that when you get to my age. You'd be permanently in the loo with that. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I can imagine. It's going to go straight through, people. To be fair, when I was teaching, before I started this new job, I was going through at least three like litre bottles throughout the day. And it was constantly like in between lessons, just running down the stairs, back up the stairs to the next lesson. Cause I was just drinking so much water. Just going straight through. <laughs> How are we talking about this? NVR says, Tom, can you explain the Doku hype? Uh, he's literally Adama Traore, but worse. Uh, Doku as in the Belgian winger. Uh, let me have a quick check on the updates. I've not really seen Jeremy Doku of Ren, uh, right winger, 20 years of age. Eight games, two in the Europa League as well, uh, and no goals or assists this season. Not really played. I mean, he was being very highly rated. He has had a muscle injury, which has kept him out for some of the season, and he wasn't in the squad for a few of the games as well. Yeah, his stock seems to have fallen is probably the best way of describing uh, Jeremy Doku at the moment. I don't even know if he's been selected for the Belgian national side, in fairness, either. So, yeah, uh, I'm not sure. I think I had ESPN. I had all of the World Cup teams. I did, so let's have a quick look. Belgium has he been selected Uh let's find Belgium I should just search instead of scrolling all the way down but I'm committed now here we go forwards Lukaku, Batshuayi Appenda, De Hazard, Jeremy Doku, uh, Dries Mertens and Trossard so yeah Doku is going to the World Cup with Belgium Um, despite not having too many good games at all it seems this season Uh, let's go to Paul who says, if Tommy Asu and Smith are back in January, how many players will we bring in during the next transfer window? And is there a quote must buy? I think that we still will go into the market and I think Arsenal are intending on, you know, taking advantage certainly of the situation that they find themselves in. Uh, the feeling I certainly get, and from when I've spoken to people is that they feel as though Arsenal will certainly use the market to strengthen, to reinforce, I think a midfielder is certainly on their uh, on their radar as is a forward player. And so I lean towards it being two players. I am planning on doing a players uh, that Arsenal can sign in January video for you guys in the coming couple of weeks. So I look forward to bringing you that. But yes, there is certainly an indication that we will go in for some of those. Uh, Robert says, Tom, I think we all like Mudrick and Danilo as good young players, but should Arsenal now be looking for players at a higher level given our position? It depends what you define as higher level, doesn't it? It depends how you feel as though Danilo and Mudrik fit into that. It also depends on how accessible those types of players are in the January window, which is typically not that often. And when they are, they're very, very expensive. You know, the really the only available players I see of that really genuinely high level are, let's say, Sergei Milinkovic-Savic, which if you're going to sign is going to be 70 80 million euros. It's going to be very expensive. I would love to see him at Arsenal, don't get me wrong. But can I see Arsenal paying that much? That said, Mudric is also a very expensive young player. We're going to have to spend big to try and get him as well, unless we can get a good structured deal that suits Arsenal. It's tough. I don't genuinely think there is that many elite level players available in January, but I do think there are players that can certainly have the potential to reach that elite level that you could sign in January, like Danilo like Mudrik. I would love it if it's those two. If Arsenal can add Mudrik and Danilo to their team in January, I think that's a great bit of business done by the club, to be honest. I don't think I could be really critical of anything else not happening if we manage to get those two through the door. Uh, Carl says, regarding uh, MM's effectiveness, Mudrik being that, uh, against the low block, I feel we are assessing teams rather than match duration. The low block teams come forward more when they are behind in the match. And Arsenal have come up against teams that have defended deeper, as Carl points out. You know, Wolves defended quite deep, hit on the counter, but we defended well, got away with a few errors, sure, but then we hit them when we needed to, and we scored and we took the chances when they came to us, other than Jesus, of course. So we are still getting chances and opportunities. It's not like when you come up against a low block that you never get any joy. You know, if you think about it, if you look, if you if you're honest with yourself about the low block. If you go into the stats of a game in which a team have played against a low block, how many shots do a team get when playing against a side with a low block? The answer is loads. They still get loads of opportunities. It's just about how the quality of those shots, the higher, you know, the amount of XG, I suppose, those shots accumulate and more. But I still think there's great opportunities. A low block should not be a reason to not sign a player. So I certainly think they can be coached and improved to beat teams that play a low block. And playing in a side like Arsenal, which is full of creative talents like Saka who's got the second most assists in the Premier League and Erdegaard, who should have far more assists than he does if Jesus had his shooting boots on I think we've got lots of creative talent Xhaka I think is producing some fantastic creative passes I think we're even seeing some creation from the fullbacks Zinchenko from um, from Ben White even as well on that right-hand side and of course, Martinelli is being a bit more creative too. So I do think, and Jesus as well. So I, I think that Mudric actually would suit Arsenal's team, even if we were coming up against low blocks more often. And there's going to be plenty of games where I think Mudrick against Liverpool, against City, against Spurs, against Man United. I think having that speed and pace and power is going to be really strong and useful in those games as well. It's a question that why would you go and sign Luis Diaz if you're Liverpool? You know, he played often for a Porto side that dominated the Portuguese league and would go up against teams playing low blocks. And when Liverpool played against teams when he first arrived, they were still playing low blocks against Liverpool. And yet Diaz became a very successful Premier League player very quickly. So I do think that there is certainly an argument to compare Diaz's move to Liverpool and Mudrik's potential move to Arsenal and how both can be very influential for both teams. Uh, let's scroll down a little bit more. Did we get a response from Tomite from earlier on in the chat box? If there was, I can't see it. Uh, Esmond says, Saka has been poor slash average in his dribbling. He cannot win 1v1s most of the time. He needs to improve his shooting Aiming, he was way better last two to three years. He looks like he's declining. Sorry? (laughs) Saka, the guy with the second most assists in the Premier League right now. Saka, the guy who's probably better than Salah this season. I would say quite comfortably better than Salah this season. I'm trying to think of a right winger in the Premier League that I would swap Bakayo Saka for. And I'll be very honest, I'm struggling. Just have a quick check of his FB ref statistics. Um, Looking at his FB ref stats, he sits in for dribbles, uh, 1.55 per 90. That said, he gets fouled ridiculously highly. Progressive passes is in the 79th percentile For I don't really see the argument, Esmond. Saka isn't declining at all. He's on track for his best season at the club so far with the goals and assists that he so far has this campaign. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, Matty Gunner says, Hi Tom, thoughts on Moises Caicedo of Brighton's competition for Partey? The guy's really good. He is really good, but I wouldn't say he's competition for Partey. Moises Caicedo does tend to play in that kind of eight role rather than the deeper. And I know that all midfielders are eights that just specialise. But I wouldn't say Caicedo is the Partey guy. I'd say he's the Xhaka guy. I think you could play Caicedo with Partey in a very strong midfield, actually. Uh, Yomi says, morning, Tom. Pick one. Uh, Rodrigo from Leeds, Neto from Wolves, Mudrik from Shakhtar, Diaby from Leverkusen, Gakpo from PSV or Asensio from Real Madrid. These are my options. Uh, I would choose Mudrik, closely followed by Gakpo. Very, very closely. I'm at the moment leaning towards Mudrik. But yeah, and then followed by Diaby. Uh, I wouldn't put Rodrigo in that list for me at all. Uh, Let's go to DS Reviews. He says, I want us to go into the transfer window this January, but looking at last year, I also fear Mikel won't sign anybody if they don't find the right fit. This is a good discussion point, actually, because the argument that Arsenal won't sign anybody unless they find the right fit, you know, we're all sitting here and going, oh, go and sign Mudrick, go and sign this guy, go and sign this guy. But I don't mind the club being. You know, I don't mind the club being cautious about transfers because for a long, long time, Arsenal have been too frivolous, they have been too rushed, and they have made the wrong choices over and over again in the market that led us to eighth place, back-to-back, and that Arteta had to build a rebuild from scratch all of the team effectively. You look at this side now. There's not many players that are from the era before before him. You know, William Saliba even didn't even play for Arsenal before Mikel Arteta came in as manager. You've got Zinchenko's coming and replace one of the only players that was left in the starting eleven that wasn't signed by Mikel Arteta. You can make an entire backline of players now that were signed by players under Arteta in Ramsdale, Tommy, Asu, White, Gabriel, and Zinchenko. You know, Thomas Parto was brought in by him. Xhaka, he's turned the career of Xhaka around completely. Uh, You look at the front three, Jesus is that kind of the the, the glue that I think holds the whole thing together. And he's developed through into their best years. Saka, who by the way is not declining uh, and Martinelli as well. You know, all of these things, I think all lean towards Arteta's rebuild going through a process of strict and appropriate investments that ultimately have seen us become the side that is currently sitting top of the table. So I don't have too much of a problem regarding us being a little bit more cautious with transfers and making sure that we sign the right player for the right amount of money because ultimately we have fallen away in the past by making the wrong decisions. You shouldn't be fearful of what happened last January. Yes, we should have signed someone. We should have probably brought in a forward. But who that was is a real difficult one because at the time I was saying, oh, you know, Let's go out and sign um, Valveghorst on a six-month loan. Let's go and sign Arta Cabral from uh, Fiorentina, I think it was. No, Basel. Sorry, he moved, didn't he, for Fiorentina. Um, let's go and sign, I don't know, who else were we talking about back then? Some other players, I'm sure. And let's be real, valveghorst has done nothing. Arta Cabral has done nothing. You know, I hold my hands up. I was very wrong on that one. Uh, and there's been, certainly I'm going to be wrong more about players. It's we're human. We're wrong. It's what it, you know, it's, it's what we are. We're wrong often and and frequently. So what we think at the time as a good move might not necessarily prove to be a good move in the future. Um, Emi Buendia. Do you remember how upset I got about Emmy Buendia? <laughs> I'm not upset that we didn't get Emi Buendia anymore. I'm really not. So I think that we need to be certainly still measured. I still think we need to be accurate with our signings. But yes, I would be disappointed if we didn't make any signings in January because I think you can go and get Mudrick if you intend on investing heavily. I think you can go and get a player like Danilo if you plan on investing. It's clear that we're interested in these players. I think we'll probably wait for Tielemans. I don't think we'd sign Tielemans in January. I don't think we need to sign Tielemans in January. I think we can wait until the summer and get him on a free... Uh, and do that much simpler for arsenal yes he might cost a bit more in terms of wages but he is in his mid-20s he is a premier league level player and so he is going to cost you six figures a week to bring him in he won't be upwards of 200 i don't think he'd be upwards of 150 i think we can get him for the hundred thousand pound per week kind of around that figure mark i think that would be a fine deal for us to do for tielemans um But yeah, I do want us to be still careful in the market. I do still want us to be uh, accurate and strategic with our business because that's what's led us to be top of the table. And yes, it can be frustrating when we don't sign players, but I'd rather we were careful and accurate than rash and inaccurate with our signings. Um, James says, I love that Arsenal don't have a single focal player. It has developed our team beautifully, and the key is to our consistency. So surprised Man City signed a single focal point like Harland. It's a good, it's a good argument. Would I have signed Haaland? I, I think I would have done. You know, I think Haaland's goals would have been absolutely invaluable to us. And I think we would have potentially more goals with Haaland in the team. But there's always this strong argument of, and I, I really want to give the person credit who said it in the chat box. I have a feeling it might have been a mirror. Uh, But it might have been someone else that used the term of bottlenecking a team because Haaland and Ronaldo are certainly forwards. that I think the bottleneck sides. And what you mean by that is if I haven't got a bottle that really shows it in here, I suppose I'll use this one. But with the bottle being curved at the top, all of your attacks are kind of funnelled towards that top end. And so because of that, if the striker's not on his game, you are going to fall away. Like we saw against Brentford, Haaland wasn't really able to do what he would usually do and there wasn't then the goals from elsewhere. Foden has been scoring. De Bruyne has been scoring. But beyond that, they haven't been getting the same goals from Mares or Grealish, who hasn't really been scoring anyway since moving to Man City. Bernardo Silva, you know, hasn't necessarily been scoring as much as maybe he might do. So I think they have bottlenecked their team. And I think James, you raise a good point about how collaborative Jesus is and how much that helps Odegaard get six goals, Saka get six goals, Martinelli get... Uh, sorry, Saka get five goals, Martinelli get five goals, and Jesus himself get five goals, Xhaka get four goals they get two or three goals. Three, I think. Um, Gabriel got a couple of goals. You know, we're scoring from beyond just the forward line as well, which is important to a team that wants to win titles. Uh, Vida says, uh, the channel is called... Oh, oh, okay. So we're talking about Mudric again. If you want to go and watch some videos about Mudrick, uh, certainly go and do that. Uh, let's go to... Esme says, Saka dribbles completed 58%. I'm curious to see kind of what other... Sh- uh wingers in the premier league and what their dribbles completed stats are we could do that i guess uh if we go to fb ref uh let's have a look at dribbles completed uh on you know i like doing these live because sometimes it proves me wrong very quickly and i don't mind being proven wrong live on air it's good chat box let's play a quick game who should we uh who should we compare saka's dribbled completed sacks uh stats sorry sacks who <laughs> should we compare because stats stats with in terms of wingers um and dribbles completed uh, let me share my screen with you guys uh, and you can do this it's a fun thing i like it it's really sad but i actually quite enjoy jumping onto uh fb ref and uh and comparing players so let's do mohammed salah because obviously you know pinnacle of, of premier league wingers uh let's have a quick look at him we want to go to age 30 in liverpool who else let's jump over to the chat sterling it's a good shout let's have a look at sterling C-E-R. sterling raheem sterling this is fb ref if you don't use the website i recommend you doing it. it's free you don't have to pay for it it's just quite a good service to do this stuff with uh, meet him up meet him is a great shout i really like him um a, re- a player i really do like to watch he's uh Karu mitama he's going to be at the World Cup, one to watch with Japan, that is for sure. I genuinely think maybe one for Arsenal to keep an eye on in the future. Uh, is a good shout. To be fair, I hate Spurs, but I do appreciate Kulusevski. He's been very, very good uh, for Spurs. So that's probably a good option for us as well. Uh, and let's get one more. Almiron, that's a great shout. He's having a fantastic season uh, for Newcastle. Let's have a look at... Uh, Miguel Almiron. Uh, let's share that. Okay, so get results. Let's compare all of these players together. Uh, we want to go down to possession and we want to go down to successful dribbles per 90. So successful dribbles per 90. Saka is third on that list. Mitama is at the top uh, in terms of successful dribbles uh, 2.57 per 90. That's excellent. Dejan Kulisevsky, 1.76. Bakaya Saka, 1.54. Then Salah, 1.17. Sterling, 1.04. Miguel Almoron, the form player this season, 1.01. Success rate, uh, Bakaya Saka, not as high as you thought. Uh, 36.4%. Uh, 56.3% is uh, Mietzema. 33.3% is Kulisevski. uh, Mohamed Salah, 30.8%. Raheem Sterling, 26.8%. And Miguel Almoron. So if we have a quick look at success rate, Bakaya Saka actually, ironically, comes out second <laughs> <laughs> on this list. I uh, will pro- probably should zoom in so you guys can see this a bit better. There we go. So if you have a look at this list here, FB Ref, very, uh, very good indeed uh, in terms of where he compares. Let's change some of these because I know some of you guys will probably want some other players compared. So let's change it again. Uh, we know he finishes second in terms of this list, only behind. Was it Mietema? So we'll keep Mietema on the list. Let's get rid of Saka. Let's get rid of Sterling. This is a really interesting watch for you. I've got my day off today, so I don't mind going a bit longer on these. Uh, let's get some more names in, people. Who else do you want to see? Uh, Sam Maximan. That's a great one. Really top level dribbler is Sam Maximan. Uh, let's have a quick look at that. Let's go 2023. Newcastle. Quick check back on this. Uh, Phil Foden. Uh, people are saying Phil Foden's. So have a quick look at his statistics this season. Phil Foden. Quick check. Uh, Man City this year. Uh, Player number five, uh, Zaha. Good shout. Let's go for Zaha as well. Wilfred Zaha. Have a quick check on his ones. Are you enjoying this? Is this type of the content that you enjoy? If you are, do drop a like on the video. This isn't what we usually do. Martinelli. That's a good shout. Let's have a quick check with one of our better, what we consider to be one of our better dribblers. Okay. Martinelli. Is that the right Martinelli? Yes. Is there more than one Martinelli? Yes, there is, because we were linked to him. He plays in Brazil, actually. Uh, Right. Get results. Come on, don't keep the people waiting, please, FB ref, we haven't got time for this. Here we go. Uh, Okay, possession. Let's go down possession, toggle those success. Wow. So here we go. So Saka is actually bottom of this list. Martinelli, Sam Maximan, Phil Foden, Zaha coming out better. So Zaha 38.5%, Phil Foden 38.5%. So just 2% higher than Saka. Then we have your big dribblers, uh, Martinelli 51.9%, Sam Maximan 50%, Kiro Mitama. 56.3 56.3 percent so what do we learn from this so we've learned from this i think that obviously maybe we are underestimating bakaya dribbling ability in comparison to say the likes of sterling uh who else did we look at previously kulisevsky uh salah and there was one other one as well uh who's now escaped my mind uh mudrick yeah we haven't looked at mudrick have we i suppose we should look at him just to finish off this point though but obviously there are other players that we have to consider in this wilfred Zahar is Dribbling more successfully at Crystal Palace, Phil Foden at City. Only just 2% higher, though, than Bakayasaka. And then you've got your more well-known dribblers like St. Maximan, like Martinelli in your 50s, and you meet them as, as well. We have a quick look at defensive actions. I'm curious about pressures and, uh, and how important pressures are. Do we have pressures for defensive actions? Uh, I'm sure that we used to have pressures per 90 um struggling to find them though i thought we used to have pressures per 90 on fb ref but i can't find them uh that's a shame because it was a really good statistic i don't seem to have them that's annoying anyway recoveries per 90 let's have a quick check on recoveries Saka comes out 3.92 per 90 uh looking forward to possession stats again touches in the attacking third Uh, because Saka comes out third highest there's usually quite good touches. A number of times a player touched the ball. He's on the ball third highest amount of times in this list as well. Okay, we're getting to less exciting stuff now. So I'm going to change this just so we can have a quick look at, uh, at Mudrick. I just want to see how Mudrick rates on this list. We'll get rid of Sam Maximan. man. Uh, let's go and uh, We might not have the stats because FB ref doesn't usually have the statistics for some of the more obscure leagues out there with respect to them. Uh no, we don't annoyingly we don't have the uh the possession stats. So sorry, we can't we can't do Madrid. Well that's one of the downsides of FB ref. We only really have um statistics for the top five leagues. What I could do is have a quick look on Y Scout though, but Y Scout does use different metrics for players usually. What I'll do is I'll just go onto Y Scout for you and we'll check the Kayo Saka's stats. Um have a quick go on to Y Scout for you. We'll check what Bakayasaka's dribbling stats are on Y Scout, which are a bit different to FBREF. Different outlets use different data collection tools. So let's have a quick check. Uh, go to all seasons. Why can't I do this season, please? For some reason, it's being weird and not letting me do all seasons. So that's frustrating. All right, we'll go to Modric. See, sometimes Y Scout's a little bit temperamental. That's annoying. For those listening on audio platforms, I do apologize. This isn't the most audibly. Uh, <laughs> fantastic exercise because you can't see this. And I, I, if you want to, you want to see what I'm looking at, hop over to YouTube again after you've listened to this, and uh, you'll be able to see what I'm looking at. Can I do it? Yes, I can. Okay, so if we have a quick look in the Champions League and Ukrainian League, dribbles successful sixty-six point one percent for Madrid on here. Annoyingly, I can't check how Saka's relates, but sixty-six point one percent successful dribbles. Uh, this one here. dribbles per 90. Um, Really impressive from Rudrick, actually. Saka. Can I, if I reload Saka's, will it show it now? Sometimes you have to do click back on it. Stats. Come on. Please give me the statistics. Please. Yes. There we go. Okay. Premier League, Europa League, and that's it. So this season, dribbles 53.4%. So it says it's higher than FB Ref. As I say, different outlets use different statistics. That's why whenever you see kind of different websites using statistics to kind of read in, um, you know, when you see different statistics used on websites, it depends where they've got them from. Different data collections use different stuff. Uh, No, I can't compare them directly, annoyingly, Terry, on on scale. Or if you can, I've not worked out yet how to do it. So uh, I suppose we should probably check Martinelli's dribbling stats on here. So what was Saka? 53.4%. Remember that number, people. Fifty-three point four percent. Let's just check Martinelli's dribbling statistics on Y Scout and how they compare. When I do my um, uh, when I do my tactical breakdowns, I usually do use Y Scout um, for the stats. But it just goes to show how different websites can be by using different ones as to what their accurate statistics models are. Um, so, according to this, and this is quite interesting. Uh, and I'll share my screen quickly. According to Y Scout, Martinelli has a lower dribble success rate than Saka. Now, when we used FB Ref, their statistical model said that Saka was like 15% lower than Martinelli. But actually, using Y Scout says that the dribble success rate is lower than Saka's. This is what I mean. It's so hard to use statistics sometimes. Really, really difficult because different websites use different data collection models, and it's so hard to try and get an accurate reading and comparison between them. So it's always good to look at different uh, models and different kind of websites to get a feel for it. Because some might say it's it is what it is, and some might <laughs> Matt G sell them both. Not <laughs> not good enough. So there you go. Um, I think what we can conclude from this is that certainly. Um, certainly, the uh, <laughs> the Saka is declining theory is a load of uh, twaddle. Uh, that's that's what you go. So there you go. Um, anyway, I think we've gone on for forty three minutes now. There's over nine hundred of you watching. Wow, that's mad. Considering there was eight hundred watching when I started the stats bit, and uh, now there's all more, more than nine hundred views. Clearly, you've enjoyed this uh, this statistical look uh, at uh, at it. So there you go. Uh, we've looked into it in depth. Can't say that I don't do the in depth detail on a live show. I don't mind talking you through it if need be. I'm actually might I'm actually might listen back to the audio of this just to see how ridiculous it sounds on audio only platforms because I reckon it's pretty horrific. So if you are listening to this on audio only, I do apologize that there was no visual cues for you. But if you do want to see all the statistics that we just looked at on the morning show, then hop over to YouTube and you can find them there. Um, thank you everybody that's been listening. Thank you everybody that's been tuning in this morning. Really appreciate your time um i don't think i'm gonna get time to be fair i might get time to do a show this afternoon i might do a phone-in show i might it is my day off and the missus day off and i'm in manchester tomorrow and the day after at the football content awards i might do a phone-in show today if you want to join us for our phone-in show i will leave the the, i will leave the time i'm going to do it on twitter probably mid-afternoon ish probably four or five ish um this afternoon uh, we might do a phone in show. So, uh, and we'll talk about the season so far and how people feel about things. So, yeah, uh, get involved if you want to. But I'll leave all the details of that on Twitter uh, and Instagram as well. So, if you follow us on Twitter at The Talk TV, if you follow us on Instagram at The Gunner Talk, you'll be able to find the information there. Uh, make sure you drop a like on the video. Really appreciate it. Oh, there was a super chat that I missed. Uh, Aya, looking at Arteta signing so far, would you be surprised if we got Mitoma instead of Mudrick? Uh, yes, I would. I don't think Mitoma is on Arsenal's radar at the moment. So yeah, I would be pretty surprised if we signed me But I like the guy. One to add to your list, people. Anyway, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. I will see you a little bit later on this afternoon. Uh, I will see you tomorrow morning. And uh, then I'm off to Manchester for the Football Content Awards uh, on Wednesday. So that should be a lot of fun. Have a fantastic day. Enjoy it. And uh, as always, up the Arsenal.